We need to fix the MLB draft. And while we're at it, let's fix the futures game too. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're proudly part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, so this is now, it's been a few years. Uh, I think this is the third straight year that the MLB draft has been part of All-Star Weekend. and that's a bad thing. So let's talk about why it's bad, uh, how to fix it, and while we're at it, let's go ahead and fix the futures game too. The biggest thing here when it comes to having the draft during All-Star Weekend is the only people that it really benefits to have the draft during All-Star Weekend is Commissioner Rob Manfred and the MLB owners. Rob Manfred is already at the site of the All-Star Game to do all of the stuff he has to do, his State of the Union address on baseball and all of that, his press conference that he does every year. He's already there for all of the different festivities, passing out the trophies and all of that for the Home Run Derby, for the All-Star Game and everything. And so it's convenient to have the MLB draft during All-Star Weekend for him for travel. The MLB owners, a lot of them, from what I understand, a lot of them travel to the All-Star Game and the the week. They have meetings and whatnot, so it's convenient to have them there if they're not taking part in the decision-making process for their teams in the draft, and they really shouldn't be. But no one else in baseball likes it. And that's not just me saying this. You can go online. You can go on Twitter. You can go on Google. You can search for it, and there's all kinds of articles written about how the timing is not good. And it's not good for players. It's not good for front offices. It's not good for college baseball, for teams. It's not good for anybody. So the draft this year uh, was on ESPN and MLB Network. And it got 744,000 viewers for the entire thing combined between ESPN and MLB Network. And that's already down 28% from the first year they did it in 2021. It broke a million views the first year they had it during All-Star Weekend in 2021. Obviously, people aren't necessarily tuning in to watch the MLB draft like we thought that they would. And the reason it's bad, okay, so the reason it's bad for players is this. If you look at the timing of either your typical high school baseball season, which is ending sometime in May, usually around whenever class ends for these kids and they graduate, or college baseball. Conference tournaments in college baseball are in late May. And then you've got regionals the first weekend of June. You've got super regionals the second weekend of June. So when regionals happens, you're down to 64 teams. When supers happen, you're down to 16 teams. And then when you go to Omaha for the College World Series, you're already down to eight teams. 
So most players, when they are drafted by MLB in early July, the current date we have for the MLB draft, they probably have not played in competitive action in at least four weeks. Depending on when their high school season ended, it may have been more. It may have been five or six weeks. And because of that, MLB personnel, scouting directors, uh, analysts, front office folks have said that it is very difficult to ramp those players back up to get them any sort of meaningful time in their draft years in the minors. And that's doubly so for pitchers. A rule of thumb for pitchers, especially a starter, which that's the focus here, is for every week that you're not playing in games or you're not throwing, that's at least one start, like a rehab kind of start to build back up. And that's from injury. That's the rule of thumb there. But it translates to this as well. If you spend four weeks, in essence, without throwing a baseball, it's gonna or just doing workouts and some bullpens here and there, it's going to take you four weeks to build back up to be a starter again. And if you sign in mid-July, this is July 17th we're recording this, then a month from now is, is mid-August, you're already towards the end of the minor league season. The minor league season's dependent on the level, end in mid to late August, or in er the latest is early September. And so it's very hard to get those players ramped back up to get them any meaningful time. Unless you want to send them to the Arizona Fall League, and then you're, you have an issue where they're not necessarily in an environment that you completely control. They're not with your coaches and your rules around usage or whatever it may be. It's bad for front offices because it makes them continue to spend four more weeks scouting draft picks, potential draft picks, working on getting deals locked in with guys, as well as still trying to prepare for the MLB trade deadline, which comes up at the end of July. You're, it sucks all of the energy out of the room as far as you have to focus on the MLB draft. That's why you don't see a ton of trades get done around the draft. Everybody in the front office is busy. And then you have front office personnel who, once these guys are drafted, they have to get them signed to contracts. There's people in the front offices that are literally flying to the complexes to onboard all of these guys into the organization and then rushing back to the team headquarters to help prepare for the trade deadline. It crams all of this stuff into this shorter time period where it doesn't need to. You can scout these guys, draft them in mid-June, and give your front office personnel plenty of time to prepare for the trade deadline at the end of July. And then the third thing is it's bad for college. I, the last couple of seasons, I've been lucky enough to co cover Auburn University baseball for Sports Illustrated. So let me use them as an example. At the same time, once the season ended, that coaching staff, which you'll remember this year, starting next year, they'll have an extra person. But right now it is three paid coaches and one volunteer. They were recruiting their current prep draftees who committed two or three years ago. And some of them are draft candidates. Auburn had two guys taken in the first round in Colt Emerson and Kevin McGonigal. You're also recruiting your transfers, whether it's from another Power Five in the portal or it's a JUCO guy. You're recruiting those guys to bring your transfers in. And because of the transfer portal, 
and possible going pro or state are coming back. You're recruiting your current roster all at the same time. And so it's a lot of work for these college coaches. And a good example of what happened here. So again, going back to Auburn, uh, they had shortstop Cole Foster, who was a draft eligible junior. He was taken by the Giants in, was it the third round, the fourth round? Either way, he went pretty early. He was the starting shortstop. So Auburn had two prep commits at shortstop that they liked, Colt Emerson and Kevin McGonigal. So they did in-home visits with both of those guys, trying to see if they could get them to forego MLB and come to campus. At the same time, they went out and got a commitment from Sacred Heart shortstop uh, Sam Mongeli to come in and transfer to Auburn for his senior season as a or his fi- his fifth year of, of eligibility as a fallback if we are not able to get one of these two prep kids on campus because their belief the whole time was we could probably get one of the two we just don't know which one they'll be and they've been pretty good at getting their guys to campus and then the draft comes Emerson and McGonigal both go in the first round and then Mongeli gets drafted in the tenth round and so. Three days before the portal closes, Auburn's lost their starting shortstop to the draft. They've lost their two prep backup options to the draft, and they've lost their emergency transfer option at shortstop to the MLB draft. So now they're having to go out and find another transfer guy to bring in before the rosters have to be finalized at the beginning of August. Now they got a transfer from Derek Fabian out of Florida, younger brother of Orioles outfielder Judd Fabian. He's transferring in, so they think they're going to be okay, but it was a last-minute thing. He just committed, I think, on Sunday. And so having the draft, or having the All-Star game during the draft doesn't help anybody but Rob Banfred and the owners at best. And in just a minute, we're going to tell you where you should put it and how to make it better. We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. If you're trying to go out and watch a sporting event, watch a concert, a comedy show, a play, something like that near you, you shouldn't have to stress out about trying to buy those tickets. I am doing, now that college baseball is done, the draft is passed, I'm going to be doing a lot of traveling in August. And one of the things that I always look at when I'm traveling is, what minor league games are around where I'm going? Where can I get tickets to? And game time has made it very easy to, if I figure out, oh, I've got some last minute availability, I'm free. I can go to game time. They've got deals on tickets right up to the date of the event. And the game time guarantee means I will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less than what you paid, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So, snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so we've established that having the MLB draft at the same, like in All-Star Weekend does not help anybody but Rob Manfred. And for the most part, we're all pretty unanimous in the thing that oh, we don't need to do things just simply so that it's easier on Rob Manfred. 
He's paid millions of dollars. He can fly somewhere for a weekend. So my proposal is moving it back to June, but also moving some other things around it as well. So if you'll remember, we instituted, I say we, MLB instituted the draft lottery this year where they were deciding who is picking where with a lottery for those top few picks. It was done in December. And so we talked about it on this show. We mentioned a couple guys who would be favorites to be taken in the draft back when it happened in December. But not a lot of people paid attention because most folks don't like prospectors, everydayers, folks who watch this show excluded. Most baseball fans don't know about some of the top options in the draft until we get very close to the draft. That's why, for the most part, we don't do a lot of draft talk until we get to June. Simply because people just, they're focused on their teams, their prospects. They're not necessarily ready for draft stuff until we get closer to the draft. So my proposal, and I've seen, I I saw this somewhere else. I want to say maybe somebody at The Athletic wrote something similar to this. And quite a few of us have had these ideas. So this is not entirely original here. But my proposal is move the draft lottery to late May. At the end of the college baseball regular season, you're starting the conference tournaments. Usually, I want to say like the last regular week of May. I know the SEC starts on Tuesday of that last week of May. Move the draft lottery there because we've had a chance to watch some of these college players have amazing, amazing seasons, right? Uh, Think about some of the buzz that was happening about Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz, how good those two guys were. Dylan Cruz had gotten on base in every single game of the season. Paul Skeens had been absolutely dominant in a ton of starts. It feels like more people would tune in to watch the MLB or to watch the draft lottery if they could actually be rooting for their team to get a certain pick so they could go take a specific player. That if I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan and I'm currently picking not in the top two or top three and I want my team to have Paul Skeens, now I have a reason to tune in and cheer for my team hoping we get a good pick. So move the draft lottery to late May so that you get more interest, you build more buzz, and if you're trying to make the the MLB draft into more of an event like it is like the NFL draft is, like the NBA draft is, I feel like this accomplishes that because it gives people more information and a reason to tune in and watch as you enter the draft lottery, okay? Now, the very next week, the first week of June, coinciding with regionals and things like that, and you can do it during the week, you can do it after regionals, whatever, that's when you have the draft combine. You do it a week after the lottery. and so. You still have the conversation and the buzz, people talking about, okay, now that Pittsburgh has the first overall pick, who were they going to take? It's a talking point for the draft combine. It gives you the ability to then turn around and market the draft combine from the perspective of now that the Pirates have the first overall pick, who were they going to be interested in at 1-1 in the draft combine? Now, not every player can go to the draft combine. As I obviously, Skeens and Cruz were not available. They weren't available all the way through the, through the College World Series. They weren't going to be available for that. But the Prepsters, Max Clark and Walker Jenkins could have gone. 
it would have given you a little bit more of a talking point and a selling point behind the draft combine and the coverage of the draft combine. And then the very next week, around the second week of June, when your college field has been narrowed to 16 teams for Super Regionals, that's when you have the MLB draft. And I think the way to do it is put it midweek, probably the best way to do that is put it midweek and take that Thursday and take a bunch of guys and set up the MLB schedule where there's no games that Thursday night. Everybody gets a day game or an off day because right now the most common off days are Monday and Thursday. So make that either a day game or an off day so that Thursday night, no MLB team is playing. Okay. You're not really competing with a bunch of other leagues and stuff. You're the only game in town right now. And so on a Thursday, the second week of June, that night, MLB Network, ESPN, hopefully ABC can all air the MLB draft. You can get more eyeballs on it. You can get more attention on it. And then you still get those great moments on days two and three where guys are playing in super regionals and they're in the dugout and find out they just got drafted by their teams, right? They just got drafted by the Dodgers or the Orioles or whoever it might be. You also get the ability to draw more eyeballs if you're ESPN onto your broadcasts of the College World Series because now, let's assume you're a Pirates fan, now Pirates fans have an incentive to tune in to the Baton Rouge Super Regional because they want to see their pitcher, Paul Skeens, pitch. Or Nationals fans have a reason to tune in because they want to see their new outfielder, Dylan Cruz, play over the weekend. So it helps ESPN uh, with their ratings of the college baseball postseason. It gives us those moments, since most of these guys aren't coming to the draft anyway, it gives us those moments on games two and on days two and three where guys find out they're drafted as they're playing potentially. And it gives you a night where you can make all of the coverage simply about the MLB draft. It doesn't get immediately swallowed because the next day is the home run derby, right? Sunday night was the MLB draft, was day was night one, rounds one and two. And then Monday was the home run derby and everybody was talking about that. And so all of the draft picks that happened in day two, nobody was talking about that by Monday night because they were talking about Adley Rutschman hitting homering from both sides of the plate in the home run derby. They were talking about Vlad Guerrero going out there and winning out after his dad, like all of that stuff. And then Tuesdays, day three, rounds 11 through 20, nobody was talking about that because you have the all-star game that night. So move it back to mid-June, give it its own night where it is the only thing on baseball, like the only thing in baseball television on a Thursday night, and then let us, and give us reasons to watch college baseball on Friday and Saturday and see these guys get drafted while they're playing. In just a minute, I want to talk about what you can do to replace the Sunday night broadcast of the MLB draft during All-Star Weekend and promote the prospects that are going to be the future of MLB. We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. 
Welcome back to Locked in MLB Prospects. We are here trying to fix the MLB draft and fix the futures game. One of the most common tweets that we got on Saturday of All-Star Weekend was, hey, Lindsay, how do we watch the futures game? Because the futures game was played on Saturday in the evening only on Peacock for seven innings because they had to get it done so they could record the celebrity softball game. There were 10 MLB games being played on Saturday. Most noteworthy was Tampa Bay versus Atlanta. The two best records in baseball were playing at the exact same time as the Futures game on Saturday. And so, obviously a couple issues with this. One, I understand the MLB draft not going to, it's not going to get to the levels of the NBA draft and of the NFL draft because these guys have so long until they make it to the bigs. That's an inherent understanding with the baseball draft. But the futures game, these guys are the next stars in Major League Baseball, and they're not all very far away from the bigs. Tyler Soderstrom of the Oakland A's played in the Futures game on Saturday and was playing for Oakland the very next week, right after the All-Star break was over. Him and Zach Gallif were called up, and Tyler Soderstrom debuted in MLB the very next week. So these are the future stars of Major League Baseball. These are the guys every single team has a representative. Make it a nine-inning game. Put it on Sunday night, get it carried on MLB Network, get it carried on ESPN, try to get it carried on ABC if you can, because it gives you all of the games are done by Sunday afternoon, and so it gives you the ability to market the next group of stars in Major League Baseball. It just, it doesn't make sense to me, Major League Baseball makes it as hard as possible to actually watch their products. And so much stuff during the All-Star break are established stars. The home run derby for the, like, there was conversation about Ellie De La Cruz should be in the home run derby because he's exciting. But for the most part, the guys in there are guys that have been in the league for years now. Nothing against, it's great. All-Star game, same way. You very rarely see a ton of rookies in the All-Star game. I think this year was weird because we had two rookie starters. Put the Futures game on Sunday night. Make it the unofficial kickoff of All-Star weekend, right? Carry it in primetime. Make it the only game that's happening. And let the MLB draft stand alone in June. Again, you can easily work the schedule out so that every team on that Thursday in June either has a day game or is off that day so that you can have that be the only thing that's being broadcast for MLB that night. And then the futures game can move to that Sunday night window to give you the ability to educate your fans about the next wave of stars of Major League Baseball give these players the chance to actually have with their families and their fans. And there's some teams that don't have Peacock in their clubhouse. You give teams, players, their families, fans, the chance to watch their top prospects because it is 
as somebody who does it all the time, it is sometimes surprisingly hard to watch minor league baseball simply because of technical issues or broadcast quality issues, whatever it may be. Put it on Sunday night. I want to know if you think there's a better way to do this than what I have laid out. So reach out to us. Tons of different ways to do that. You can tweet me. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. We've got, a, we, we've got email out there. We've got a Discord, a subtext, multiple ways to get in touch with us. Also, if you have questions for Monday's mailbag or show ideas, send them to us. Hopefully we can use that in a future episode or make it a future episode. Uh, coming up this week, some more fun stuff, including we've confirmed we're doing a show on Friday with our host from Locked On Angels talking about potential trade packages for Shohei Otani. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, remember, it's always a great time 